As I was preparing this week, just thinking through my message and what I was going to share, I was really kind of just reflecting on just where I've been over the last couple of weeks, having to just balance out what God's called me to do here full-time at Times Square Church, and then also to being a husband and spending time with my wife, and also to, as a father, spending time with my three children and serving them. Lord, have mercy. God, help me. Pray for me and my wife. And as God is stretching us and teaching us how to balance out all of these things, full-time work and serving the body of Christ and being here at church and then also being able to go home and be attentive to my family and my children, I'm asking the Lord, too, to help me find that time with him, that time of rest, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be a good steward of my time. It's very important with everything that's going on in our lives. And I think I can get an amen from everybody when it comes to understanding that our lives are very busy and things are going on and it's exhausting. And some of us are already trying to process how we're going to handle Monday. Slow down. We in church for right now. Let's just enjoy the presence of Jesus Christ. This week, I was coming in to work uh, Tuesday morning, and I'll, I'll take time from time to time and call Grandma, uh, my, my, fa- my father's mother. And she lives down in, in Hampton, Virginia, uh, not too far from Virginia Beach. And uh, I'll give her a call. Hey, Grandma, how are you as I'm on the road? And, and I'm a grandson that is always excited about telling Grandma all the things that I'm doing and, and all the stuff that's happening. I just... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grandchild, and, and I love talking to Grandma and telling her about the things that I'm doing. So Grandma picks up the phone. Oh, hello, David. And uh, hi, Grandma. How are you? And she's like, I'm fine. Thank you. And I said, well, good. I said, I'm on my way to work. And I, I start telling her how, you know, I'm heading in, and we have this great prayer meeting, and I'm sharing with her just some of the things that I get to do um, here at Times Square Church. And after about a few sentences, Grandma just kind of cuts me off and goes, David? Are you resting? I said, huh? She goes, are you resting? I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find that, that time of rest. She said, no, 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 you got to be resting. Because if you're not resting, then you're not going to do your job well. And in order for you to do your job well, you have to take the time to rest. I'm happy that you're doing all these things, but are you resting? And I was like, oh, wow. In my mind, I was like, wow, Grandma, I had to get all deep on me. I just wanted to talk about missing your cookies and how things are. But then it really hit me as I was preparing for this word. That's my message today. And that's my question to you. That's the title of the message. Are you resting? Are you resting in the presence of Jesus Christ? Are you resting in his grace? Are you resting in the peace of the Holy Spirit? Are you resting in God's faithfulness? Turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 25. This is Jesus, to give you a little context beyond simply what I'm going to read here in this passage. Right before this, he shared a very firm word, pretty much rebuking a few cities that did not recognize him as the son of God, as the savior. And then he takes a turn in what he's sharing 
and approaches gently to those who are listening. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, if you got it, say amen. amen. Scripture says, at that time, Jesus declared, and really when it says declared, he prayed. That's really what it means here. It says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turns to those who are listening. In verse 28, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And he says it again, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is speaking here to his disciples and to those that are listening. He begins by praying in this passage of scripture. He says, Father, he said, listen, I, I, I thank you that you have given me power. I thank you that you've given me the authority. I thank you that you've given me these wonderful little children. And I love the way he refers to us as little children. He said, those that are walking around and doing life as though they know everything, those that feel that they are sophisticated, those that feel that they got it all together, they're not going to get this. But the little children, this is for them. The little children mean those that are, are dependent on God's leading. This is for you. Those that are frail and weak, this is for you. Those that are able to come to this understanding and, and be vulnerable and transparent and understand that I can't do this on my own, this is for you. It's Jesus Christ. And he says, to my little children, I and the Father are, are one. And you can't get to the Father unless you come through me. And he says, the Father reveals all things to me. And I know the Father. And the Father knows me. And then as he makes this very clear understanding who we are as his children, as sons and daughters, then he says, come to me. What a blessed assurance that you and I, no matter what place you are in in your life, no matter what trial you're facing, no matter what you're having to deal with right now, no matter where you are in your thinking, you can still come to Jesus Christ. Because a lot of times the battle is in the mind, right? A lot of times we're constantly trying to think through things and process this and process that. We're overwhelmed with work and home and job and family and relationships. And, and Jesus says, all of you who are heavy laden, all of you that are working really hard to, to press on, all of you that are thinking about having to get up tomorrow and go to work once again, he says, hold on a second, come to me and you will find rest. And he says, he says, my, my yoke is easy. He says, my burden is light. You know, in, in, in the Greek, that word easy actually reflects adapted to your purpose, fitted to you. You know, a lot of folks are yoked to the wrong thing. And Jesus invites you and I to be yoked to him. 
And when you are yoked to Jesus, it's a perfect fit. Which means when you take your journey with Jesus Christ, he will shape you, he will mold you in such a way that the harness that you are connected to with Jesus is a perfect fit, and he leads and he guides. You see, back then, he was able to give this illustration about a yoke because when they would create a harness and they would have to farm, there would be an old cow that would be yoked to a young cow. And in and, and that time, when the young cow was yoked to the older cow, there was no relationship between the young cow and the old cow. The old cow's been pulling for years, plowing the grounds, pushing forward. So the old cow would be yoked to the young cow because the old cow would teach the young cow how to move forward through the grounds, through the grass, plow, and move and push through. But the old cow rarely was he even considerate about how the young cow felt through the day. And that's why they would harness the young cow with the old cow, because the old cow would push the young cow along rather fast. He'd teach him the ropes quickly, without any grace, without any sensitivity. And he would just have to learn the hard way. Some of y'all are yoked to an old cow. <laughs> you know what that old cow is? It's the world and the world's way of thinking and the world's approach to having to move forward and the world's ideals about how you have to hustle and push and the world's perspective that there are no handouts in life. We from New York City, we just gotta do this. <laughs> but Jesus is not like that old cow. He said, I'm, I'm lowly and meek at heart. He was expressing his grace. When you're harnessed to Jesus, he leads with grace. He'll never yank you and pull at you. He'll never drag you along disregarding how you feel and what's going on in your mind and what's going on with your emotions. And this is why he's able to say, he says, it's, he said, my yoke is easy because I'm going to be very gentle and in my grace, I'm going to make sure that the journey that I take you on is well suited for you. He's not here to condemn. He's here to show grace, kindness. It's an expression of his love when he's yoked with us. His burden is light. Why is his burden light? It's because he removes the burden that you and I carry so often here in life. The burden of guilt, the burden of shame and rejection, the burden of anxiety and fears. He put it upon himself on the cross. He went to the cross and died for our sins. And it's in Jesus Christ that we have the victory. And there, now there's a, there's a new burden to carry, saints. It's, it's, it's a burden of hope and life, grace, a testimony of God's faithfulness to lead us and guide us, a testimony of Jesus Christ who says, you know what, I'm in control. And we are able to rest in his leading. We are able to rest in his direction. We are able to rest in his power. He guides, he leads. 
And sometimes we find ourselves having to, to move forward thinking that all of the work falls on me, not realizing the grace of God that wants to, to bring us to a place where I can rest in his power and his authority and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm yoked with Jesus Christ, I'm going to be all right. And, and the workload doesn't fall on you. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Rich in mercy, great love, because he loves us even when we were dead in our trespass, dead in our sin, dead in our iniquity, even when we were dead in our own selfishness, dead in our own pride, dead in our, in our own anxiety, even then made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, Jesus wants you to move forward. Yes, he wants you to press on. But you and I are his workmanship. And that which you will be able to accomplish will be because of the grace of God and not simply in your own works. This is why you have to rest in Jesus Christ. That has to be your first position before moving forward. Because if you attempt to achieve and accomplish and progress in life in your own strength, you'll attempt to boast about what you have done and not what Jesus has done in you. If you want to see some good work happen, then you need to rest in the presence of Jesus Christ, rest in his word, rest in prayer, rest in worship, rest knowing that God has it under control. I am going to do good things for his glory, but it's not going to be about me. It's going to be all about Jesus Christ. That's the high achievement. Brothers and sisters, that's the key to success. When you come to a place of rest, recognizing that it is all in the power of Jesus Christ and nothing in your own strength. Too many people are striving to achieve and to accomplish, to be successful, to establish a name for themselves, to be great, to be somebody in the hope that someone will talk good about them, express and acknowledge their achievements. I don't need that. I just want to talk about Jesus. 
Listen. You and I have to come to a place where we die daily so that it is no longer you and I that live, but Christ Jesus that lives inside of us. And what Jesus desires to do in your heart, what Jesus desires to do in your mind, what Jesus desires to do in your life is greater than anything that you'd be able to achieve on your own. There's no greater boast than Jesus Christ. A lot of people want to have the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody one-on-one and be able to express maybe something good that they've done or something that they've achieved or, or, or a success. You know, that, you know that type of friend that you can't get a word in because they want to talk to you about everything that they have done or accomplished? And you come to the point where you won't even call that person anymore. Or you'll ignore them. When you, when you see them, you'll, you'll, you'll try to duck them. Because every time you walk up to them, and you, you ask, well, how you doing? And you're hoping they're just going to go, oh, I'm doing fine, thanks. And then you're hoping that they're going to turn around and go, and how are you doing? But the moment you ask them, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Like, I, ju- I just, just got another degree and just like, like um, you know, just, you know, like I'm, I've got this other new side deal that I'm doing, man. I'm just like everything like that, like that. And I'm just talking to some people like that. We're working out some new things, right? Like just, I got some stuff going on like that. Some great, good. How's your family doing? My kids? Oh, my kids, man. They're doing three, four sports. I mean, they, it's just, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they got calls for like invitationals and like the Olympic trials and stuff like that. You know, like just, we're next level, you know? Oh, all right. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about? That doesn't sound like the church. That should never be the voice of the saints. The voice of the saints are, man, praise be to God. I'm working, doing some great things, but glory to Jesus Christ. He's, he's given me the strength to do it. He's given me the strength to do it. You and I can never develop that voice that gives God all the glory until we learn to rest in his presence. As long as you and I are still pushing forward in every effort to work and to do something good, then what's going to happen is we'll neglect the very source of our strength. As long as you're just pushing. Uh, uh, t- turn with me real quick to, to Luke chapter 10. And here's a clear just illustration and, and understanding of, of what we're talking about here in the importance to rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10. Beginning with verse 38, you with me say amen. Now, as they went on their way, this being Jesus and his disciples, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Glory to God. I mean, come on. How cool is it for Jesus to show up at your house? That's great. That's real awesome. And Martha welcomes him in 
to her house. But when you welcome Jesus in, he has to become the master of your heart. A lot of times when we welcome Jesus into our lives, we treat him only as a guest, but not allow him to become the master of our heart, the master of our mind, the master of our soul. When Jesus steps in, he doesn't want to be a guest. All right? You don't have to prove anything to him. You don't have to show off. You don't have to convince God that you're worthy in any way. He wants to come in, be master, and do a renovation project on your soul. So he comes in with the disciples. I get it. All right. Yeah. Jesus, 12 disciples, probably a, a few other friends that were lingering. I mean, just when Jesus came through town, he was rolling deep most of the time. He shows up. Martha says, I'm going to get in the kitchen and I'm going to chef it up because this is what I do. All respect to Martha who knows how to chef it up. But you didn't even take the time to take the order from Jesus before you went into the kitchen. Could you imagine going into a restaurant and they sit you down and they don't bring you a menu. Matter of fact, they stop by and they said, we'll be right back. They go into the kitchen, cook up something that most likely you're probably allergic to. Bring it back to you. Set it down at your table with a smile, expecting to be validated. But all you say is, this is not what I wanted to eat today. This is not what I ordered. Matter of fact, I'm allergic to this. Why didn't you even bring me a menu? Matter of fact, I had a couple of ideas to even help you out in the kitchen. But this is what we tend to do. Rather than resting in the presence of Jesus... Resting our heart, resting our mind, hearing from the Holy Spirit, we're ready to take off into the kitchen, cook up something, and it never was even anything that Jesus had put on order for you to do. Because, again, going back, it's important that you and I are yoked to Jesus, allowing him to lead and to guide so that we don't get up in the kitchen just cooking up anything and everything, all excited. And really, we're working. We're trying to stay active. We're trying to, okay, all right, you know, Pastor David said maybe I should come for all the services. Pastor Carter says it all the time. Pastor Patrick says it. I always tell us to stay here all day. Oh, my goodness. And you're trying to put in all of this work, but you're really not at rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. And really, you're just distracted from all of your serving distracted. And, and Martha comes in and looks at Jesus, comes into the, the living room, the parlor, wherever, wherever they were, separate from the kitchen. She obviously had to make from, go from one place to the other. And, and I've shared this moment before because I've always seen it like this. I, I picture Martha coming in and looking at Jesus, even though scripture says that Mary was right there listening to Jesus. Sitting down, a disciple. And Martha probably doesn't even look at her sister. You know how when you're mad at somebody <laughs> and they right there in the same room and you talk about them right there in the same room and you cut eyes at them slightly. <laughs> Jesus, 
My sister don't help nobody. I'm in here chefing it up. The best fish that I know you like. And she's sitting down doing nothing. Do you not care about me, Jesus? Do you not care? You see, when you're in the wrong position, not resting in the presence of Jesus, you will ask silly questions as if God really doesn't care about you in your circumstance. But you're working so hard to try to figure out your trial how to press through your circumstance, how to get through whatever you're facing, and you haven't sat down in the presence of Jesus to find out and recognize that he cares. There's no way you and I should ever ask, man, does Jesus really care? Let's remember 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross and he died for our sins. Because I know some of us, we go through that. We all have. We've all questioned that moment, like, man, Jesus, are are you really with me? Because I just feel like my, my thoughts, my mind, everything is just, I feel like just the pressure of life and everything's going on. And, and are, are you really, do you, do you really care? And I love Jesus and his honesty. And I love how he takes the moment and just calls Martha out. Now you're, you're, you're anxious. And you're troubled about many things. One thing is necessary that you would rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. One thing is necessary. It's the good portion. It's Jesus. One thing is necessary in life, that you would grow in your word. One thing is necessary, that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus. One thing is necessary, that you would know that you've been invited to the Lord's table and he desires to know you as friend. One thing is necessary, that the Spirit of God would rise up in you and you would know that you have all power and authority to go forward in the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. See, it is not, the, 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 the failure in the sin is not being in the kitchen cooking for Jesus. The failure is having wrong priority and not starting first in the presence of Jesus Christ. You get what I'm saying? You have to first establish a resting position. Your posture begins in the presence of Jesus Christ. If you want to be effective in the kitchen, then you need to start here with Jesus. Are you resting? Are you resting? Oh, man. You see, a lot of people will find themselves in the kitchen, cooking, working, feeling like maybe as long as I stay busy, I don't have to address my issues. But when you rest in the presence of Jesus, the issues are exposed. A lot of times people don't want to be exposed. Some people actually hate that sense of vulnerability. Hate that that, that feeling like, man, I'm stopping now and I have to come to grips with the things that are going on in my life. And for so many people, they'd rather stay in the kitchen so that they don't have to address the issues. They don't have to stop for a moment and renew their mind in the presence of Jesus Christ. But when you are in the presence of Jesus Christ and and you are exposed, it is not condemnation, it is healing that happens in the presence of Jesus Christ. There is redemption, there is reconciliation, 
There is, there, there is in that moment, the, the mighty, gracious hands of Jesus Christ that wants to heal every wound, that wants to reach into your heart and remove fear and remove doubt and remove bitterness. He can't, he can't remove those things if you're ducking and dodging the presence of Jesus Christ. And then when you have come to a place where you are resting in the presence of Jesus Christ, when you have sat down with him, when you've heard his word, when you have waited on the Lord, when you have prayed, when you have sought his face, then you can get into the kitchen and you can cook the best meal you've ever cooked for Jesus. Because yes, it's time to put in work. Yes, it's time for you and I to bear witness of who Jesus Christ is. Yes, it's time that you and I be a voice. Yes, it's time that you and I walk out in the victory of Jesus Christ. Yes, it's time for you and I to, to walk in the strength of God. But it begins in this position of rest, hearing him, knowing his voice, being reminded time and time again that God is going to work it out. He's going to work it out. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Grandma asked that question to me this week. I don't know if she even fully meant what she, what she was saying to me or how much it ministered to me. She asked me, are you resting? And so as I was reading through scripture, reading this story, Ephesians 2, man, I just realized that before, before I can put in work, I have to go through the process of being his workmanship. If, if, I don't, if I don't go through the process of being his workmanship, then what kind of work am I doing? Like, that's, what, that's what the Lord was like dealing with me in my heart. Like, if, if, if I'm not in this rest position and, and surrendering every like thought and every struggle and every trial and every fear and every doubt, if I'm not laying it at his feet, then that means I'm carrying it around with me in the effort to do work, and I'm just going to be distracted, and I'm just going to create one big mess. And when you don't start in the process of his workmanship, you and I will find ourselves burning up everything in the kitchen. What I really mean by that is you and I will get burnt out if we don't rest. Would you stand up with me? This morning, let's take a position of rest. If I'm asking you that question this morning, are you resting? And if you can't fully answer yes, let's come before the Lord this morning. Let's take a new position. And let's, let's lay down some of those burdens. Come, all of you that are heavy laden, as Jesus said, and let's lay it down at the altar. All of you that are tired of battling in your mind, those of you that have felt like the weight of your family issues are on your back, the weight of your marriage is on you, the weight of your children on you, 
But one thing's necessary this morning and forever forward. It's a good portion. It's Jesus. His burden is light. I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat. And let's make your way down here. Let's find rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. If you can't fully answer that question right, are you resting? I want to invite you to come down and say, Lord God, I, I, I want to rest in your presence. And I'm tired of carrying this load on my back and in my mind. Hallelujah. Hey, could you just um, put your hands out like this? This is, this is our position of surrender. So whatever you've been holding like this, we're going to lay it down this morning. We're just going to lay it down. So whatever weight, we're going to lay it down. We're just going to surrender it to Jesus Christ. I'm going to rest in his presence today. So God, I just thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. We come before you this morning heavy laden and burdened. And we choose this morning to lay down every weight. We set it down. Forgive us, God, for trying to carry it ourselves when we have the victory in you already. You won the victory for us on the cross. You died for our sin. You died for every shameful thing we've done. And we have the victory in you. God, because of you, we're a new person. And so, Lord, our God, I just thank you right now we are fully surrendered to you. We're made new in you. And now we find rest in you. We say yes to your will. We are yoked to you, to nothing else, not this world. Though we're in the world, we are not of it. We are yoked to you. And God, I thank you because your word has reminded us this morning that we are your workmanship. And our boast will be in you, nothing of our own doing, not in our own strength, but by your grace, Lord God, we will go forward. By your grace, we will do good works and we will tell of your glory and we will speak of your name and we will point people to you, nothing of us, but you be glorified. And God, I just pray now that God, you once again would be that good portion in our lives. We recognize one thing is necessary. And it's you, Jesus. So, Father, forgive us for being distracted. We lay down anxiety. Every worry, everything that we're worried about, we lay it down. Lord, for those here that are worried about finances, those here that are worried about health, worried about their marriage, worried afraid of what might happen with their children, afraid of just simply what's going to happen tomorrow. We lay it down and we rest in your presence. And I come against that spirit of anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. I come against it. I come against fear. God, you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So God, I pray that minds would be renewed right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move on every mind that the spirit of a sound mind would move across your house right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that your love would be poured out on every heart, Lord God, that that love that you have given us would, would be overflowing and that you would give us the power to move forward. 
And we come against the attack of the enemy. We come against his lies. We come against deception. And Lord, we resist the devil and he has to flee right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. So Lord God, we now rest in your word. We rest in your word that you have given us this morning. And we have the victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.